what's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag boss Lee or the people's mentor. And this is episode 381 of the show. This is me and my homie Kenny and his gorgeous wife. I met him at uh, a mastermind that I'm part of. And y'all know I love masterminds. But uh, he actually interviewed me and it was such a fun interview. Like I love these. So um, he's in real estate with the Simpson team. He's a mortgage advisor for 17 years. Um, but he's, he's a cash flow man. So he knows what he's doing. She knows what she's doing. And I really enjoyed my interview with Crystal and Kenny Simpson. So um, I hope you guys love this interview as well. I think there's tons and tons of takeaways and distinctions that you guys are going to get out of it. And if you do, make sure you screenshot this, put in your story, tag me at I'm Boss Lee. And you can tag Kenny. Kenny's handle is Kenny B. Simpson. Nothing is spelled weird. So Kenny B. Simpson. Um, I'll also tag it in the show notes so you can find him. He's a good dude. And uh, I had a lot of fun with him on, on this interview. So if you get value, like I said, let me know. You can write your biggest takeaway in your story. And then I really appreciate those of you that take those 90 seconds to go ahead and leave a review, a five-star review on iTunes or on Spotify. And of course, to subscribe and share with friends, sharing friends, sharing with friends, like that's the most important thing you can do. So if you haven't already shared any of these episodes with anybody, like stop being stingy with your goodness. I know you're learning from me. So go and like share. So like be useful. Oh my God. I'm just kidding. I love you guys. So at any rate, this is episode 381 of the show. Love and appreciate you guys. And I hope you love it. Okay. Okay, Jesse Lee, thanks so much for coming on today. Um, I know that you and Kenny met at the Avengers Mastermind. I have not had the chance to meet you, but I've definitely stalked your Instagram, and I know you are a huge personality. You have a shitload of amazing five-star reviews about what you do and who you are, and like you have like a cult following. So They're the um, best, aren't they? Oh, I love them. I love them. <laughs> yes, I know. I was like, well, but I, before we start, before... I have to say how we met. I don't remember exactly, but I love it though. I was like, we were at the little shindig. I remember I was by the bar. And then I was, I don't know how it, like you came over or something. We were talking. I remember she was just like, I'm like the best network marketer. I'm the badass podcast. I'm the, I'm the shit. And I was like, in my head, I was like, is this real or like? I did not say it like that. Okay, for the record, for the record. I'm kidding. Go ahead. This is funny. I like this. Keep talking. She's got this like, you know, crazy bling bling out, whatever. And then I remember I talked to me, they're like, no, no, no. She really is the shit. And I remember like we're in our breakout room and she's like numbers and this. And I was like, damn, this girl is literally the boss lady. You are the shit. So like you back it up by actually doing shit. And because I don't know, I just think it's awesome. So a lot of people talk a lot of stuff. They're all this shit, but there's nothing to back it up there. So anyways, that's how we met. And I think her, her, her and I personality for in a room together, it's probably like a little, I bit. imagine it's a little wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely exciting. Yes. So, um, tell us like, well, Crystal, I know like just a little, like the background, like, but Crystal was like, we're so, looking you up. Uh, yeah. I, I sort of, I, I love to go back and see how people started. So I went way back to the very beginning of your YouTube. Wow. And like watched the first couple videos. And so I got a little bit of your background, how you grew up, like how you used to work in a lab and somehow we're selling like dildos or something. I'm just kidding. Whoa. She's not kidding though. I was the number one. This is a true story. I've Nobody's brought this up in years. So I guess nobody researches as well as Crystal does, but no, it's true. Um, I started in direct sales 
And all I did was I Googled at-home businesses that make the most money. And literally, like, sex toy parties popped up. And I was 22. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I can sell that. Like, why not? You know? Uh, it made logical sense to me. I'm like, you you get the uh, wholesale pricing. You sell for whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I was never recruited. I just signed up. And then I became number one in the world at that. And... That's that. But uh, it, it, honestly, we yeah. had one of those parties too. I did that in my 20s. It was like the most fun thing. And how about making a ton of money doing something that you're having a blast at? Yeah. So, yeah. Fun. Yeah. I haven't so, talked about that in a long time. Why I want to have you on is like Crystal and I are big on like mindset, cash flow, investing, hustlers, cool. people helping people. So when I met you, I remember I came back and I was like, man, we got to have her on because you're, you're a big personality, but I, you're all about that stuff. That's why we were there at the event. Like I've never even been to that mastermind. I was like, and I went there and I was like, it's literally a bunch, you throw a bunch of badasses in a room and everybody's yeah. just there for the same thing to give <clears throat> and they're good people. So that's really why I have you on today. But I got to ask you like, what makes you like a badass and like, your name like what like you know and i know you're confident like why are you a badass like how did you become a badass so the first thing i'll say is um i love masterminds i think masterminds are like time machines so it's like you said it was a bunch of like-minded people that are really driven and really goal-oriented and really focused and they just want to get better and the only way you get better is by getting around people that are better than you and sure, there were things in that room where I was like, no, I'm the best at this, but you're the best in that room at something. And all these people were totally proficient in whatever. And so for, for me, like, I love masterminds. That was only the second mastermind um, that I've ever been to. I'm in another one, but that's more industry specific for me. And I really enjoyed that. So, uh, but how did I become a badass? Okay, nobody literally has ever asked me that. I love it. Uh, but I guess they've asked it just in a different way. For me, I truly believe in, and this is mindset, I suppose, but everything in life happens for you, not to you. I truly believe that. So I grew up in not an awesome situation. I grew up totally in poverty. I grew up as the kid that couldn't go on field trips. Um, I was the kid where everything was no. I had the no mom, no mom, no mom. I sent my dad to jail when I was nine years old. Um, I became the leader of my household then. And so raised by my, my grandparents. And it just... All of this stuff that I thought was the most evil, awful, horrible, whatever. I think it's sort of one of those things where when bad things happen to people, pe people either go one way or another. Like, it's always an extremity. <laughs> There's never like, oh, yeah, like, I survived drug addiction, you know? Like, and I'm just going to chill with my life now. No, like, all the addicts I know are like, I survived drug addiction. Let's rip the face off of this, whatever, you know? Or yeah. just as an example. Yeah. Or they end up in jail, you know, or dead. That's like your two options. So um, I guess that's probably why I just didn't have a great upbringing. I didn't have the, you know, the story of, you know, oh, my mom and dad believed in me so much and they just always put me in the best classes and uh, no, like I learned, <laughs> no, not at all. Like I learned struggle from a very young age and for a long time in my career choices, everything was driven by why nots. Like I didn't know why I wanted to be successful. I didn't know what my deep burning why that makes you cry that everyone talks about. I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't cry. I'm a tough woman, you know? Um, yeah. But I knew that I did not want to go back to that. I knew I did not ever want to look at my children and say, no, I know you're really good at soccer, but you can't play. I never wanted to, to ever, I mean like, oh my God, like the car I drove when I started as an entrepreneur, <laughs> it's like, 
I was driving a car that like I could hardly get up hills. I would throw it in manual to save gas money to fly down the mountains, you know, like I was like the, the, the typical poor girl story and it sucked. It sucked lying to people as to why you couldn't go out to the bar or to dinner or whatever. Like knowing the only reason you're not going is because you're poor, but like, you don't want to say that. And so I think all these, these bad things ended up being massive, massive blessings to me. And if more people would get in the mindset that all of those struggles are just setting you up for your success, you don't have to be a victim. You can be a victor. I think things really shift. I love that you say that. Um, One of the things that you said that really struck me too, is that I feel like not to kind of generalize this towards women, but I do feel like it's true is generally, you know, I always used to joke that in sales, men are better at sales because they, they hit on girls and they're used to hearing no all the time. And eventually somebody's <laughs> going to say yes. So I'm like, they're good at that. They're great. <sighs> girls never want to hear, hear a no. Right. Um, in one of your videos, you said, I'm so excited. Like when somebody tells me no, cause that means I can get to somebody who's going to tell me yes faster. Yes. And it, just, it seems like your whole upbringing kind of brought you to this point of not having a fear of being told no. Something I say sometimes is I'm like, Oh, you're scared of rejection? Like you don't you don't do sales because you're scared of being told no or like a no really hurts you. And I'm like kind of sarcastic when I say it, but <laughs> you know, there's always truth in those things. I'm like, "Oh, so you're telling me you had an awesome childhood and you got everything you ever wanted. You literally yeah. just told me you've been babied your whole life. You don't even know what it's like to struggle. Don't tell me you know what it's like to struggle if the word no scares you. You've had it easy. You had a silver platter compared to me." Like, I don't usually say that aggressive, but like, I felt like saying it a little aggressive. You just told me your life is easy. That's why the no bothers you. No literally is just a word to me. It is just a word I've heard many, many, many times. And it's not because I'm ugly. (laughs) It's not because I'm rejected because of that. It's because I was told no as a young child. And it just, you just kind of become numb to it when you hear it. And as soon as you understand every no gets you closer to a yes, because sales is a numbers game. You can be the most proficient in your skills, blah, 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 blah. You're still going to get told no. And as soon as you understand no, 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 will eventually lead to yes, then you don't care about the no's. Or you at least start to dilute the power you give to the word no. Were you always this confident? No. Speaking of the word when, no. When, when, when was the switch? When was your switch? I mean, I still have my moments. Like, I was just at a mastermind this weekend and, like, like just kind of checking out this mastermind in Vegas. And I was like, wow, I'm still the weird girl. Like, let's go. <laughs> I like laugh at weird things. I'm awkward. I have ADHD. So I like shake usually or like not shake, but like I, I like am moving something most of the time. Not everybody does that. My brain's really fast. So I'll look around a lot, just stuff like that. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm still a weirdo. Okay, cool. Like, let me stay in my weirdo lane. That's fine. I'm gonna find other weirdos. Um, but I just think when you start to, it's not even like a confidence thing as much as it's if more people would a work on self-love. Like, you're the only you that's ever going to be here. So start loving yourself, even in your imperfections. I teach people to spend time in the mirror. It's just called mirror work. Actually talking to yourself, speaking kindly to yourself, being nice to you. Most people are not nice to themselves. That helps a lot. And my biggest thing for confidence, and I tell people to do this, is stop lying to yourself. Like people get up every day, they're like, today I'm going to, I'm going to build my business today. I'm going to join that today. I'm going to go make those calls today. I'm going to go to the gym today, whatever this stuff is, right? They say these things and then you literally lie to yourself. You go to put your head on the pillow at the end of the day and you go, oh my God, I didn't do any of it. 
I didn't join the business. I didn't sell the house. I didn't do the podcast. I didn't show up on the call. I didn't do the live video. I didn't do, I didn't make my prospect things. I didn't do my whatever. And then you start to not like yourself. So if more people would say, okay, I can build confidence by saying, I'm going to make two calls and they make the two calls. They go, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a badass. I did my two calls. Okay. Right. Or, okay. I said I was going to do a live video. Ooh, I did my video. Let's go. Well, I'm very good, but I did it. Woo. You know, you start to look at yourself differently. You start to look at yourself differently. You start to see yourself differently and you can build confidence through those little micro actions that you do or don't do every day. I love that. Yeah, I love that. That's great. That's, that's, I think that's, uh, I think, I think you're right. A lot of people, they just, I think the one thing even about me, I just, I don't, I just like, just go do, just go do and let the dude talk, do the talking, right? Well, yes. not worrying about it being perfect. Like you said, just do it. It might be messy. It might be ugly. It might be stupid. And you know, oh, well, like we see that with people all the time. I think the biggest thing with people making videos or putting themselves out there is that they're embarrassed about what people are going to say about them. And you're like, those people aren't doing what you're doing. Who cares? I mean, yes, all of that. And first of all, you suck at everything the first time, probably the hundredth time you do it. You know, I was top, I did, I did top golf the other day. Now I've done top golf like six times, maybe still bad. Okay. There was this guy who was also top golfing and he's like every single swing Bro is hitting it again, like either exactly where he wants it to go, or it's like he's bombing it all the way to the end and it's hitting the thing, right? Mine are like, dunk, 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 like, you know, horrible. And I said, and I said, you are really good at this. He said, yeah, it only took about 10,000 strokes. I said, or maybe he said 50,000. He said something dramatic. And I'm like, ugh. Well, I don't have time for 50,000 top golf strokes, so I'm going to go ahead and be bad at this. And it's just, just to put in perspective, you're bad at everything the first however many times you do it. You know, like, you don't, you don't get good at it right away. People want to only do things they're good at, but a lot of the times the things you're only good at are things that, you know, are not serving the world, are not actually going to make an impact, are not going to make an income, and you're just going about your life, blah, 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 blah. So understand you're going to suck. And the only way you're going to get to a at least bad phase is you got to suck faster. You got to put in more of those strokes, so to speak, right? Like you got to go, 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 go and be terrible and just go, well, I'm really bad at this, but someday, someday I might get good, you know? And then, and then it comes, but nobody is an overnight success. Like when people are like, I never knew you. Like you didn't know me, Kenny, until two months ago or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But like, so like, I know you didn't think this, but to you, you could have been like, whoa, where's she been? She's an overnight success. I have been an entrepreneur full time for 10 years before you ever met me. It's not overnight. And I've never been lazy. <laughs> I've always been a workhorse. So I've been putting in my hours. People need to ask themselves, are you putting in your hours? Most people yeah. aren't. Yeah, I always tell people. Um, you know, we're in real estate, so they'll meet the guy that owns all the buildings and stuff. And I go, they want to talk to him about his life now. I go, why? He's done. Ask him about when he's 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. He's knocking on doors, collecting rent, doing hammers, painting units, working 18 hours a day. That's what you want to ask. You don't need to ask him about now. I mean, ask him then, you know, that's what you're saying. Everybody just looks at this. Oh, look at her now. But you're like, but. You're, you're not going to get here now by focusing on my now. You need to ask like the last 10 years, you know? I mean, that's why I loved what Crystal said to begin with. Like, 
Because you can't tell the, the glory without the story. Like, I haven't talked about those parties or whatever for... Nobody ever asks me about it even anymore. But, like, <laughs> that was... Like, I love it. It cracks me up. Because, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, one of the big... Oh, I'm switching out of this and I'm doing something people take seriously was because of just that. I'm like, I am not going to be confined to this. Like, it's actually a big part of my story. I have, I mean, not always been a smart entrepreneur. That's a big fat lie. But like, I've been sharp for a long time and I would have conversations with other business owners, you know, call it six years ago before I was a network marketer and investor and all this stuff. And people would be like, you do what? And it would like end the conversation. Like it was never, oh, she's a killer saleswoman. Oh, that woman's a shark. Oh, she's going to do all these whatever. Nope. Nope. I was like, I was a joke. I'm like, no, no more. Mm-mm. It's nope. kind of a funny, fun story. but then Oh, I don't like, mind at all. Like, yeah. do not feel bad. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Don't feel bad at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I get it. I, I can see where people might not take it seriously. But, I mean, the truth of the matter is you were, like, the top person at the company at the time, right? You yeah. sold the most and did the most and all that. Where do you feel like the transition was for you from, like – being broke. And I, I, I remember you said your mom told you you need to like start doing, you know, something extra to save for your compound <laughs> interest and all that stuff. And I love it because it's kind of like finance 101. But um, where do you feel like the shift was for you when it sort of like clicked and you said, this is what I'm meant to do? Um, like, a, this is what I'm meant to do. Oh, geez. I don't even know if I know yet what everything is I meant to do. Uh, I know I'm supposed to make impact on the world. My my entire life is around service and servitude. Like that's where I get the most feeling of wholeness, joy, and success is from serving people and training and coaching people. Um, I always knew I was weird. We can start there. Like I knew I was different. Like people were so excited about their full-time jobs People were so excited about, you know, going to college. I only went to college because my Nana, I knew she cared. You know, education was really important to her. I'm like, oh my God, like I do not belong here. Why am I going to college? But I went and I did it, but I knew I was never meant for that. Um, Big pivots though happen when I get around big things. So as another example of the mastermind or something like that, I see myself differently when I'm around people who are doing a lot more. So I've had a lot of like big pivotal shifts and it's always based around like a conversation with somebody or maybe like the first time I met a billionaire or something in person and had a conversation with him and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why not me? You know, um, those little things. I've definitely had little pivots and things that have shifted like that. But I never, I don't think I ever really knew I would be an entrepreneur because entrepreneurship was not sexy when I started it 10 years ago. It's sexy now. Now everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. That's like the it word. But when I started as an entrepreneur, it was like, you're not, you don't have a job. Yeah. What? You don't, you don't have benefits. Like I got fired. (laughs) Seriously. I got fired from a lab. I was working in a pathology lab as a research assistant, like Crystal said, I was fired and I was like, oh my God. Like as I had my little side hustle, I was making like, you know, a thousand dollars a month doing, I wasn't really taking it seriously. I was like, oh man, I'm not, pro- I'm not poor anymore. I can afford rent. I can go out with my friends. Like my car doesn't squeak anymore. <laughs> like, No, I didn't have like a new car, but I had like a, you know, I wasn't making crazy sounds. <clears throat> I was putting gas in it. 
So I kind of felt like I'd made it. But again, like life happening for you, not to you. I got fired and I, and then I went and I applied for other jobs really quickly. And one, I really thought I was going to get, they ended up hiring internally after making it through seven rounds of interviews. And at this point, my money's starting to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Cause all I've got now is this little side hustle. And I went, Oh my God, I need to do more parties. I need to do more in-home stuff. Like literally right now, <laughs> right now. And then it turned into like, my next event or party or whatever, maybe I made like $1,700. Like it was something dramatic enough for me to be like, what? And something I said last night to my sales team, I said, I don't understand why more of you don't take entrepreneurship seriously. Like more of you are, are, are inclined to like pick up a waitressing shift to make a hundred dollars, then sell one product. You're telling me you can't sell one product in seven hours of a waitressing shift and you're not killing your body? Then you don't understand. Like your mindset's not there for entrepreneurship, which like not everybody is, which is fine. Now I'm on like a random entrepreneurship tangent, but I don't know what the one thing was. I don't think it's been like one thing. I think I've had a whole lot of little like redirects would be the best way to describe it. You know, I never really thought it would be all this, but then I'm like, redirected here or redirected there or redirected oh look an investment opportunity boom um I think sometimes God just speaks to you and tells you what you're supposed to do like some two of my investments I was just in Germany and I texted an ex an ex of mine who was here in the states and I'm like when I get home I'm buying everything that I use screw this anytime I do anything I just want to have I don't want to pay for it ever again so I need to buy a burger shop I need to buy hair salons I need to buy med spas I need to buy nail salons like I just like I don't know like it was like a down a download straight from God and then here I go and now you know I'm you know I'm investing in things now I'm buying everything to me to me it sounds like like everybody when you got fired and you got cornered and there you're like like look at COVID too. COVID for a lot of people, they had time. They got let go. That's why I tell people, you might never ever get this much time back in your life. If you didn't take advantage of it, shame on you. That I tell them, Kenny. I'm gonna write a book. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. You have all the time in the world. Well, you know, you'll never get that back. Shit. I think there's I think there's two extremes from coronavirus. I think there are the people who just went nuts. Like you're like you're saying. Like uh I turned into a content monster. I was like, "Oh, I can't travel because I'm used to traveling 3 weeks out of every month." I said, "You going to lock me in a house? Then I'm going to turn this into a I'm going to podcast daily. I'm a, I, it's going to be the Jesse Lee show up in here if you're going to lock me down." Um, and there's a lot of people who did that. I don't want to make it sound like I was the only one. A lot of people started businesses. A lot of people took a chance. A lot of people took a swing. And then I think the other half, their life is falling apart. And now they're desperate because now it's been over a year and they still haven't done anything except for collect two stimulus checks or three or however many there are. I don't know. I didn't get any of them. So whatever. That, and they're like, what do I do with my next stimulus check? Maybe invest in a business. Do you have a mentor? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Who's your mentor? I mean, I, I, know, I think you told me about your mentor. Yeah, so I have one mentor that is living and then uh, two that are dead. Uh, so Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar, who have both passed oh, away. Jim Rohn. Yeah. I love Jim. Um, you met him? No. Mm-mm. Oh, you never met him? Mm-mm. Nope. Never met him before he passed away. 
But Here's I still. Quotes, by the way. Which one? <laughs> Don't wish things were easier. Wish you're better. Yep. Don't wish for less problems. Wish for more solutions. You are not like, a tree. Move. Yeah. Like, I mean, the man is just. I still study him. And I think that people. I still study both of them. And I think people that study the people who have been there, done that, have or had what you want. That's how you get there. It's not by guessing. And then uh, my mentor who is active and living, uh, he's my network marketing mentor, but he was, uh, he's just a monster as Eric Worre. So um, he calls me his star mentee. He's like, I've never, ever mentored anybody like you. you. I tell you to do something, it's done before I can even finish a sentence. And I think that that's actually the, the key to success. A lot of the time is not overthinking. You know, yeah, you're going to stumble. Yeah, you're going to fall. Yeah, you're going to make a fool of yourself. Yep, you're going to lose money. You're going to make money. You're going to get laughed at. You're going to have ups and downs and it's going to be an emotional roller coaster and everything in between. But if you're willing to act in the face of adversity, if you're willing to act when most people won't because they're too scared, if you will accept change as a necessary evil that turns into something beautiful, you win. But most people sit there and they go, yeah, that looks good. So, yeah, it sounds good. Sounds like something I should do. Let me write that in my notebook. <laughs> and then what do you do with that? A bunch of you've got stacks and stacks and stacks and notebooks full of literally billions of dollars. And you don't make any money because it just it collects dust. It drives me crazy. But yeah, those are I agree with that. Yeah, one of the things you were saying too, uh, I was listening to a podcast recently and it was really uh, good. It's like you said, um, you know, there was a point where you felt like, Hey, I can afford the gas in my car and I can do all this stuff. I feel like I'm pretty good. Like I pretty much made it. But then you kept putting yourself in rooms of people that made you look really small compared to the accomplishment that you already had. And I feel like a lot of people want to stay in that room where they're the man on top because that feels good and it feels comfortable. And every time you go to a room with people that are bigger than you, you feel bad about yourself and then you don't, you don't end up moving. So it feels like so you're just that person who thrives off of people who are bigger, better, badder than you at something and up your game every single time. Yeah, I mean, you can learn from everyone, first of all. But second of all, like the limit does not exist. The limit literally doesn't exist. And I, I thank God for this book. I don't even know if it's actually even that good of a book, but it's the book that probably changed my life the most. It's not my favorite book, but it changed my life the most. You don't even have to buy it. I'll just tell you the concept. It's called Secrets of Six-Figure Women by Barbara Stanny. I've probably sold 40,000 of these books. She's probably wondering why she sells so many. I stumbled <laughs> upon it uh, like six and a half years ago. And there's this part of the book where she's talking about so many people, so many people, they have some level of success. Like everyone has some level of success. And if you look at that success as like a ledge, People hold on to it because they're so scared to let go because they don't know what's over here. But what will happen more often than not is when you let go of a ledge, you fly. And I remember reading that, just that one passage. I mean, the book, I guess, is full of like ideas for people who want to earn six figures a year or more. But I remember sitting there and going, oh my God. Like, am I holding on to, I was at the time, you know, in my early 20s, making $175,000 a year, thinking that I was like, the shit, <laughs> right? I was not, right? But I remember being like, oh my God, like, I've got it going on. Like, this is, oh, I'm great. And then I went, what if I'm holding on to 175 grand a year, but if I let go, 
there's so much more out there. And then I made one life pivot that was into the different profession, the network marketing profession. And then I went to that event that you were probably referencing and he's got people standing up if they're making, uh, you know, $100,000 a year and then stay standing for making 200, stay standing for making 500, 750, 800, 900 million. I'm in this room, the room only had 400 people in it maybe. And there were still like 100 people standing at a million dollars a year. And I went, what? What? And then he goes, is somebody in this room, has anyone in this room made $100 million in lifetime earnings in this profession? I went, no way. Like, what is the freaking Tomb Raider here? Like, come on, is, is King Tut in here? Like, really? Like, is some like ancient, you know, like 400-year-old person here? Yeah, $100 million. <laughs> and sure enough, in the back of the room, this man is standing there. He had made $105 million in 30 years. And I went, Jesus. What? And that's just, that's just in that. That's not his investments. Yeah. He had a hundred five, this is five years ago now. He had a hundred five million dollars to invest in 30 years. And I went, what am I doing with my life? And I shut up because sometimes I can be chatty. <laughs> I shut up. I did not talk the entire event. And I said, whatever that man says to do, if he says that that's the guy he learned it from, I'm going to do all of it. And I did. How fast did you make your hundred million? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, I'm on my way. It's going to take 30 years. I'm guessing that. (laughs) It's not going to take me 30. No way. No way. Um, Because my first... So I went just like just to put this in perspective. I'm not in this company anymore. That co- this, the company I'm gonna tell you a story with anymore, and I'm not gonna make like a bunch of income claims or anything like that. But because um, that's like the number one thing you can't do in my profession, you'll get destroyed by the FTC. But at the time when I met him, I was making like thirty three thousand dollars. That was my biggest month. I made thirty three thousand dollars that month. I was twenty five, twenty six. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and um, I implemented all that stuff. Saw the same guy nine months later, and had just cashed a check for two hundred nine thousand for the month. And this is five years ago. And I was like, and he was like, what did you do? Like everything you said to do. Then I went through a big termination, a big termination. It was crazy, dramatic, blah, blah, blah. Started from literally zero, brought over nobody into a new business. Um, I can't, again, I won't make my income claims, but I'm making way, way more than the 200,000 a month. So. That's awesome. So I'm getting there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to catch him in his hundo million. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. But yeah. Not that you always want to constantly be rebuilding, but it is really cool to hear that, like, you just don't have that fear. I mean, I'm sure there was some level of fear, maybe a little bit, but you just kind of jump right in and start from the bottom up again. I think that's probably a big fear of most people. They start in a career and they stay in something that maybe isn't right for them or that they don't love because they don't want to start over again. I mean, that, that thought of being the little guy again at the bottom of the totem pole is so scary. Yeah, but I think one of the most important things that builds character and leadership is being humbled. I think you need to remember what it's like to be nervous and new and scared and feel like your life is falling apart because then when you're trying to coach new agents or whatever through, through it, you're like, dude, I know exactly what it's like. It sucks. Doesn't it? It sucks, man. But I've been there and I remember it. So let's talk it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk it through. I'm guessing like, um, like I was going to ask you a question, like, you know, what's your biggest change in your life with your success? But I feel like I would answer one thing for you and say that your biggest 
thing is, is that you're able to give back to people that are in that position saying, dude, trust me. I, I, I just, if you just listen to me and you do what I do, you can change. I'm not going to change your life, but you can change your life by just doing these things. And it's like, you can lead the horse to water, but I just get that from you. That's one of the big things is it's nice when you're successful because a lot of people listen to you and they'll pay attention because they want the moolah, but a lot of them don't want to do the work, but there will be some people that do it. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes somebody said, uh, a friend of mine, Lisa, she says, I will help you build your business. I won't do it for you, but it's here. Like, if you want to do this, it's here. I will help you build your business. you got to build it. And, uh, I mean, that's it's always the best. The best is watching other people succeed. The best is knowing you've had an impact on somebody's life. I mean, that's the real legacy. Money's great. It's a. It's just a tool, though. Yeah. You know, um, I can't spend the money I make anyway. I try. Not like on stuff, but like I try. I invest so much because I'm like, legacy, 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 legacy. Um, but the real legacy is, uh, I don't know who said this quote. You've probably heard this before, but there's two times you die. One, when your body physically leaves the earth. And one is the last time somebody says your name. Yes. That's good. Yeah. I like I that. I have not heard that before. I have heard that one time. What um, What do you like? So I want to talk about network marketing because that's what that is your primary thing. Yep. So I think there is, uh, I don't know what we're talking about today. I think there's like a bad stigma with network marketing. Yeah, we've got like a black eye. <laughs> That's what I call it. I'm like, yeah. network marketing's got like a black eye. <laughs> but, I, but I feel like the stigma is because, like you said, is, you know, people join, they get rah, 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 and then when it goes to do the work, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do it tomorrow. I'll put it in my notebook. This, But in from people that have success or not in your industry, you know, that you're coaching, like, what do you, what do you think is like the when somebody just makes a change or what is the biggest deal? For? Like what's the biggest, like, I don't even know how to say it. So, like, what I, <clears throat> to get over. so first of all, the reason network marketing has a bad rap is because people don't understand it is the first thing. The second thing is most people don't do network marketing to be full time. Like I didn't do it to be full time. I did it for beer money basically and, and rent money. Right. So when people are like, Oh, I looked at the income disclosure and most people make a hundred dollars a month. I'm like, that's $1,200 a year. That's the never full that the wife can buy without asking for her husband's money. You know, like, it's just a different perspective when you see it from that. The other thing is it used to be pretty scammy. Like, I'm not going to lie. Basically, I feel like I'm repairing the damage done by the old heads of network marketing past. Like, honestly, because it used to just be recruit people to 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 recruit people. And you just hurt everyone. Like, people didn't want to coach them. They didn't want to mentor them. They didn't want to teach them. They didn't want to train them. I run it like a business, which is why me, personally, my organization is destroying network marketers anywhere else. You can you can put me against any networker in the freaking world. I will crush you. Because I have systems for everything. I don't run this like a little, eh, network MLM, eh. No. 
Me, you join me, you got onboarding, you got scripts you have to follow. You have shortcuts in your phone you have to set. It's a business, it's not an option. You have to go live. I will teach you and train you how to do so. I have systems, but you have to do it. There's an onboarding robot through ManyChat you have to do or you do not get coaching calls. You do earn coaching calls. I will coach you, I will mentor you, I will train you one-on-one, but you must earn them. There are also daily trainings, daily meetings. There's it's ridiculous. I run it like a freaking multi-million dollar business because it's a multi-million dollar business. I mail out incentives. I run contests. I do everything that the CEO of, of, of okay, honestly, I only know this because I dated a guy who worked for Best Buy one time. I went to the Best Buy like incentive, whatever, thingamajobby in Orlando like three years ago. And like literally you meet the CEO, blah, blah, blah. I do more for my salespeople, me, than freaking Best Buy, which is doing like, what, $40 a year or something? Yeah. Those people are underpaid, underappreciated. They get a dingy trip to Orlando, Florida. They get a little like, oh, you're going to discount on your TV. And those people think that's not a scam. I just gave away a $3,500 Louis Vuitton bag last night on a raffle. All you had to do was sell $270. Shut up. Don't talk to me about my profession. Don't even. Don't even. You cannot come at me. You can't. I mean, I know you're not. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but, but, but that's why it has a bad rap. And I think if more people would treat it like the business it actually is, instead of like it is a hobby, more people would see it for what it really is. Um, when people say stuff like, oh, you hurt normal people, they don't say it to me. But if you did, I was that person. I was that girl. That thank God there was something like this because I was literally renting a room in a basement. And if I had listened to the person who said, oh, those are scams. Oh, those don't work. Oh, those hurt normal people. Oh, those are, those are um, they prey on innocent women. Note my quotation marks because this is like, these are like their typical lines. They're preying on innocent women. Um, then I wouldn't have this life. I wouldn't be able to train and coach and mentor all these successful people that I have. I wouldn't be a successful accredited investor. I wouldn't own all these brick and mortars. I wouldn't know you. That mastermind wasn't $1, Kenny, okay? Like, I wouldn't know you, man, okay? My life would look totally different if I hadn't let those people, if I had let those people convince me. So I am that girl. I am I am the person that got, you know, scammed and bamboozled. Ooh, can you tell I feel victimized? <laughs> I love it. Like crazy, crazy, crazy. I mean, but you can make excuses for anything. You can, anybody can find an excuse for anything. You know, people... Well, there's like scammy businesses in any industry. I mean, it's not generalized like that. It's not just network marketers. It's like, yeah, there's probably been companies. There's been people, but it's not the, the industry. Correct. Correct. So let me read let me let me read this thing here. Uh-oh. Here we go. Uh-oh. So I was jealous today, which is a good thing. I was like, damn, she has so many five-star reviews on her podcast, which we're gonna talk about next. And this is the things I get. Energy, inspiring, intoxicating, passion, real deal, hilarious, tells it like it is, changed my life, mentor, amazing, fire, spirit animal, my god! <laughs> People are not attracted to you at all. They just do not like you. You just suck. But anyways, I wanted to talk about, um, yeah, Crystal, I know this is your podcast. I never, yeah. Crystal, I love her because she's really critical. 
So I like, hey, go check this out. And Monty over here, it's on our team, is like, yes. So if I want to be criticized, I just ask Crystal to give me her opinion on me and she'll criticize me, trust me. That's what I love about my wife. <laughs> and so I was like, what do you think? She's like, wow, that was like really good. I was like, I told you. So anyways, can you talk about your podcast? How long you've been doing it? I know you're like top podcast, just like you're the top network marketer, <laughs> but why you do it, what people get from it, stuff like that. Um, sure. So first of all, thank you. I appreciate you guys. It's really nice. Uh, I'm glad I'm the real deal to you. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> just, just making sure. No, uh, yeah, the podcast I've been doing for a little over two years now and I started doing it because, uh, I put it on a power list with Andy Frisella. Like, I don't know if you've ever listened to his podcast, but he had like yeah. episode 107, write down your five things. I bought the journal, the whole nine. Yeah. Um, and I wrote down what, and I knew I wanted to do it because Gary Vaynerchuk had been talking about his podcast on his podcast. Like, oh, everyone should do audio, 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 audio. And I'm like, oh, okay. And one day I needed a fifth thing and the stupid me, you know, well, ended up being smart me, but I put record a podcast and I had been putting this off for so long. I have such a big personality. It translates very well in audio anyway, because I make funny sounds and blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Um, so I bought all the right stuff. You know, I bought the microphone. I bought the headphones. I bought the, you know, like I have like a mixing table, like as if I'm like a DJ, like, ah, I don't know. Okay. I bought all this stuff. Um, it's still not opened. Almost three years later. Like I... We'll never forget, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and I put it on the power list. I don't like to lose, probably much like the two of you. And it was 3 in the morning, and I just put my back up against a wall in my office, and I sat on the floor, and I downloaded an app, and I recorded into a phone. And I tell you what, I am still uh, 346 or something episodes later recording from my iPhone. Um, I do not use a microphone. I do not have any technology. There's over 3 million downloads now. Uh, I don't know how many five-star reviews there are and it has just, it has, what is it? <laughs> on Apple, there's 1600. Wow. That's so cool. Yay. Thank you for your reviews. Woo. Um, <laughs> so cool. Uh, I just, I just want to leave with value. You know, I've never written an ad for it. I've never done anything. I just said, hey, I know how to build big business. So if you think that somebody else wants to learn how to build a business from nothing into something big, if they want to, then just screenshot it and share it in your story. And people loved it. So I just think it matters what you're putting out. It's going to be bad at first, like I already talked about, but eventually it'll get good. Uh, it continues to get better, I think. And I was learning a little bit from, uh, I was on a, in a conversation with Lori Harder whose podcast crushes mine. I think it's like 28 million downloads. Uh, but she was talking about, uh, she's like, relaunch it. So I got to figure out exactly what she meant by it. Cause she said like, I think maybe you could upload a new season or something. And then it'll rank at the top of iTunes. Uh, because I'm like 11 or 13 or something in the world for entrepreneurship, but nobody, it's not like a trending thing because it's older, you know? So they only like put yeah. you up when it's like new and upcoming. Uh. So she said, relaunch it. <laughs> she said, do like a big giveaway. So maybe I'll do like an iPad giveaway or I don't know, whatever people want. Uh, and yeah, but I've just committed to it. And I think that's the key to anything is it didn't take off for a long time. I felt like I was just recording a podcast and it sucked. I was like sitting on the floor of my kitchen recording crap or like, 
you know, just very inconsistent with it. And then honestly, it exploded. It exploded during COVID-19 because I said, okay, I'm going to record an episode every single day. That's a big commitment too. I, I can see why uh, a lot of people put off starting a podcast because it's a lot of work. Yeah. It takes time. It's commitment, consistency. Yep. All of that. So um, the next thing I think like just for us here is like uh, the brand, you know? I mean, I think I want to talk about the brand because obviously you're, you know, we are working on building our brand. You're working on building a brand. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize they started uh, I think I was listening to something like today or the other day. It was like, you know, people start a podcast, they get 10 in. They're like, I didn't get any love or support. I'm going to quit or the brand. I And so for me, for the brand is we start our podcast and we just, we, I just do it. I, I mean, they're more, this is the numbers, this is that. I'm like, I just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it because it, every time you do it, you get better at it. We get to have these great conversations, which yep. is obviously what I love about it more than anything. Sure. And then I want to ask you, like, why is it so important to have a brand? And if you're going to start a brand, what is your, like, top advice for anybody? So brands are important because you're able to scale a business much faster, period. People are buying, especially in this day and age, from people that they feel like they know, like, and trust, not just from big companies. The more you start to show who you actually are through authenticity, vulnerability, real life stuff, you can create raving fans, those kinds of things. Uh, it's very, I think it's super important. Now, I think as you build, this is, I'm going down a rabbit hole, but I don't care. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole really fast. It depends, like, if you have something that you then want to sell. So I think everybody should build a big personal brand. And then, and what I mean by something they want to sell is like a company. So if you had your own company, uh, not like sales products or anything like that, but like a whole separate entity, I think sometimes you do need to phase out a little bit, maintain your personal brand, but detach from it. Like if everything were, you know, um, like if you didn't have Amazon and Jeff Bezos, like Jeff Bezos has his own brand, but Amazon is Amazon. Does that make sense? Like, he would yeah. have harder time building Amazon as big as it is, is my opinion. However, going forward with that, a brand is super important. You want to have recognizability. You want to have people that talk about you. Uh, as an example, I was literally bullied. You want you want people who will fight for you, that are that feel like they're part of the brand, like they have pride around what you're doing, even though they're just your friend. They're just your internet friend or your real-life friend. That's really what it, what it comes down to is they, they affiliate and associate with that brand, what it is that you represent, okay? So you have to decide, first of all, what is that? What are your core values? What are all these things? Well, a lot of my first core value, and I talk about it all day, every day, is empathy. All of my businesses, every single one of them, my core value, number one, is empathy. Every single one, I will hear you. You are valid. Talk to me. Tell me your story. So for me, uh, I've been doing that for years now. This girl the other day, part of my brand being empathy, understanding, blah, 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 right? Uh, I'm late to a, to a call that I told her I'd be late to. I sent the email, right? And she sends these, she's screaming at me in DM, right? Like, oh, you say you're going to show up. Now I see what kind of person you are. Like, like <laughs> for, for like a free call, mind you. Okay. A free call. Uh, she's, she's hollering at me. Like I didn't even post the screenshots, but she's, she's getting on my case. Like, you know, there's moms waiting. This is so rude. Like of you, you know, like personally attacking me. I'm like, what? 
And because I have spent so much time showing people who I am, showing people Jesse Lee, showing people the human side when I have the bad days, when I have the good days, when I'm, you know, in a relationship, when I'm, you know, thriving, when I'm driving my cars, when I'm with my dogs, you know, whatever, name it. When you're the richest homeless person. Yeah, oh, I'm a richest homeless person, right? Okay. <laughs> like I tell, they all know that. They're all waiting for the house. They're all dying. They're commenting on everything. What about the house? What about the house? Have you put in another offer on our house? Show me the house. Do a house tour. They're so involved in the brand that is my life. They care. Just like I care about them and I continually give back to them. I say their names when they're on lives with me. I, I comment back. Huge for brand building. I comment back. I record videos in the DM. I respond to DMs. A lot of these influencers won't. It's getting crazier every single day. I'm really trying. Okay. But like I'm always involved with people because I care. And so when this girl did this, when this girl did this and I just put it in my story, like what is going on? Like a little bit, like I, I, I kind of got triggered. Like my inner child got a little hurt. People know my past. They know I was bullied because I've shared it. I was bullied K through 12, like badly badly so people don't realize how bad their words hurt sometimes I'm sure she didn't mean it in a malicious well maybe she didn't mean it malicious I don't really know but I put it in my story and I've never had so many dms of people that were like we will who is she we will find her oh my god doesn't she know how much you care about people I am that I cannot like they were there to defend the boss Lee brand they were there to defend against some little Australian girl who calls herself a leader but isn't smart enough to run a power hour while I'm late. You know? Like, they were there. And so if you want to have a business with longevity, decide what you want to stand for, show up super consistently, and give back. Too many of these influencers or whatever... You know, they, they always want to talk, 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 show off their clothes, their cars, their houses, their lifestyle, how great they are. But they never want to say, thank you for the comment. I see you on the live. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you for always commenting on stuff, you know, or whatever it is. Involve people because without the people, you don't have a brand. You don't have anything. They are the ones who scale it. Not me. I didn't write 1,600 reviews for myself <laughs> on a podcast, right? Like, they did that. They did that. And so you need to learn to give and appreciate those people. Because if you keep ignoring everybody, they will stop showing up for you. I promise. Promise. That's really good advice. I love that. And I agree with you. I see that a lot with influencers where you go and you see that there's, like, thousands of comments and they haven't responded to one. Right. Like, every single post. Right. So... And, and you're right. Like, it sucks to, to talk to a person and not have a response. <laughs> yes. So, I want to talk about one of our favorite topics. Uh-oh. Is you make money, but what I love about you is you invest your money. You don't piss it away like so many people. What are you doing? So, I was... Tell them! Tell them, Kenny. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. yeah. So, we were there... It was cool. We were there in a room and a lot of people like invest, they don't invest, or people that make money, you know, whatever. So I want to talk about that because that is something you have a business that cash flows. We love cash flow. But also tell me about your investing, your strategy, your mindset around it, like what you're doing now, what you're hoping to do in the future, near future, long term, whatever you want to talk about with investing. Okay. So first of all, uh, I would like to point out that anything that looks like it's fancy of mine 
Uh, I am in a profession in particular where you are often rewarded with gifts. Okay? Because the way it's structured, as an example, I have one person who in the lineage is uh, above me, if you will. She benefits off of all the business I build as well. Um, I think, I mean, well, I know how much she makes and I won't say it because... (laughs) But anyway, she, she, uh, she buys me gifts constantly. Like if you see me, I I do like some sauce. You met me, Kenny. I like my shoes. I like my thousand dollar shoes. I like my thousand dollar belts. I like my $3,000 coats. I like my whatever. Okay. But just cause I have it doesn't mean I bought it. And I think sometimes people, they don't realize that or they don't think about that. First of all, I don't pay for flights. Like, let's talk about that. You see how much I fly? I'm almost at my million miler for American, and I have not flown on American ever in my life until three years ago. So keep that in mind of how much I travel. I'm almost at a million miles. Okay? I travel constantly. I don't pay for flights. And I only fly first class. They buy them. Why? Because I'm a rainmaker. Right? So I say that because... People are really out there making a $5,000 check buying a $750 Gucci belt. They're really out there making 20 grand a month, living in a a house that the mortgage is 10 grand a month. They are really out there, uh, you know, making 30 grand a month, driving a Lambo, like all dripped out and whatever, private chefs and, you know, private personal trainers and every new tech gadget that comes out known to man and whatever. Like, not me, man. Not me. And I teach and train people not to be like that because it is all about compounding stuff. It is all about how many streams of income can you have, in my opinion. In my opinion. Now, I didn't really learn. I mean, I had heard it before. It never hit me in the face until I was terminated, like I talked about, almost four years ago. Because that was my big kahuna. Thank God I was living way below my means, but... uh. When you lose 200 grand a month, you still lose 200 grand a month and it doesn't feel good. Okay. And when I lost the 200 grand a month, I literally was like, oh my God, they owned me. Mm -hmm. They owned me. I had no autonomy and I didn't even realize it. Right. Like I thought I had it going on because I had this big giant cash flow. Who cares? There's a difference between being rich and being wealthy, and I wish more people understood that. So when I was terminated, that was my one stream of income. Luckily, like I said, I was living way below my means, and so I had plenty of money to to then go, you know, start a new business, and I didn't have to freak out about being homeless like I am now or anything like like that. Um, I mean, whatever. I'm a comedian. Let's go. But uh, as soon as that happened and I started making money again, because it didn't take long, because I think there's a financial thermostat. You're used to making a certain amount of money. Did not take me that long to get back to 200 a month. Because um, that's that's where my skill set was at the time. Uh, and I just started investing like crazy. I said, I'm going to invest in things I understand. You know, I'll write that down. Invest in things you understand. Invest intuitively is one of my number one things to tell people. Invest in people you trust. And think really, really long term. Like really, 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 really long term. I am not the person that wants to, I mean, like I would, I mean, it's cool to think about, you know, taking a, like a swing, hitting a grand slam, making a million dollars and all you did was invest a hundred thousand or something like that. But for me, it's like, I would rather, oh, and never invest money you can't spend. That's another really big one. 
But for me, it's like, I'm, I'm 32 right now. I've made a lot of money. I've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm super blessed, super thankful. I'm just getting started. I love having all the streams of income I have because I feel more stable knowing that there is a lot of money compounding all around me. So like, I'll kind of break some of those things down. Investing intuitively. Like, does it feel gross? You know. Like, if it sounds, uh, it's probably, uh, go away. Like, right now, I'm supposed to be at an investment meeting, which like, I'll go there in a minute. It's fine. I told them I'm going to be late anyway. Okay? Like, I already know I'm not investing because the person who pitched it to me the first time gave me the yuck. Do you know what the yuck is? Everyone knows what the yuck is, right? It's the same that that happens. Like, Crystal understands, okay? (laughs) It's like when you're dating a boy and, like, this is not you, man, husband, okay? But when you're dating, like, a boy, okay, and, like, they say something or do something and you're like, ew. Right? Like, it's not, you can't even explain it. It's like a feeling. Your gut's like, ew. Did he really say that? Did he really just, what? And, like, in dating, you're just like, yeah, I'm not going to go on a date with him anymore. Or, like, you're going to break up with him or whatever it is. But so many people get so caught up in the story, they forget that feeling of, ugh. And they still invest. If you get a yuck feeling, goodbye. There are plenty of other investments. There are plenty of other, this is the one. This is going to be the one. You know what? Look, like, no, it's probably not. And it's not going to be the only one. So tell them to shut up, okay? Investing long-term, what I mean by that is not only an investment that is like long-term, long-term, but also my biggest play is I, when it comes to this, is I like to invest with people. So like this pod of people that we invest a lot of the same investments, we don't share investments with each other that we don't think we will continue to win off of because then we win together or we lose together. Well, we all want to win together. So we do a lot of vetting before we invest in anything. And then it's something we all understand. Then I said, only invest in things you understand. Okay. So, uh, for me, I mean, I know what I know. All of you know something about something. There's a reason I haven't gone crazy in real estate. I still don't understand enough of it. I have a, like a little whatever me when people are talking about multifamily la la, I'm like, that's so not sexy. Like, and like I know I know like oh make your own no oh my god like I'm like sitting there and I'm like yeah see that's for you not everything has to be for you you have to learn how to sift and sort in your mind for me like I hear about luxury villas in places in the world that I want to be and I can learn how to Airbnb them and I and then my brain goes creative places that make sense to me that's where I invest Not the stuff that just because somebody else is making a billion dollars off of it, do I have to invest in that? You need to make choices that make sense for you. Because otherwise what's going to happen is you're going to make a bad decision. Someone's going to be able to lie to you about it. You're not even going to know they're lying to you about it because you're not invested enough in it, like mentally invested or emotionally invested or whatever it is, personality invested. And then you're going to piss away a bunch of money. A bunch of money. Um, But I invest in stuff that I have fun with, stuff that I like to use. I invest with friends, um, people that I trust. Uh, but that's another good one. Don't just 
invest with friends. Like I create the friendships. I should kind of specify that. Uh, sometimes you'll let friends like talk you into things that you should say no to. Um, that's definitely a big one, but just long-term. I mean, I have, I have so much liquid coming in every month. So I try to make an investment every month or like, as an example, I have one that I'm actually, it's like a multi-million dollar investment play, but it's one that I can't give any more information than that, but it's like so perfect for me. It's, it's perfect for me. It's like, it's perfect for me. So uh, yeah. that one will be one that I'm not going to invest for a couple of months in something, but then um, there will be like a big gigantic thing that will pay me for, I mean, literally generations. So I don't know. Those are some of my tips, but diversify yourself in general, but only with things that you understand. And I also like to say, don't diversify too early. There's a lot of people who make like their first 10 grand or something and they just, they get really excited. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I didn't, I always tell people stay really focused until you're making like 10 grand a month in something and you don't even have to think. And then you can start to kind of like, at least look around, at least look around. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're like super diverse with your investments and you make it seem like so cool and so fun and exciting. But it is, uh, like, because it's stuff I like, you yeah, know? It, it definitely matches your personality. So it's just, it's cool to hear your perspective and how you could actually diversify uh, once you do get confidence. Yeah, You make absolutely. everything sound really fun. Aww. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Two more questions. Yeah. This one's easy. Favorite book? Okay, this is weird, but I mean, I'll give you a business one too. My favorite book of all time is Angels and Demons by Dan Brown. <laughs> no one expects me to say it, but like, this is not a business book. It's not whatever, but I've never been so like taken somewhere with a book, if that makes sense. And so um, I love that. I love that. Uh, my favorite, favorite business book. Do you want a business book? Sure. Okay. Well, I have a whole list for, you don't, you don't have to subscribe or anything, but I have a whole list on HeyJessieLee.com. There's no email opt-in, but anybody can go and just grab a whole bunch of them. But, um, uh, I am obsessed with basically any and everything John Maxwell. I really have always been, um, and 21 irrefutable laws is probably my, my number one jam. Like anytime I'm feeling like I got, man, I got to reel myself back in before I snap on these people. Uh, I love, I love me some 21 irrefutable laws. It's definitely one of my favorite leadership books of all time. I like one of his quotes. It's uh, the car lights only shine 300 feet ahead. And so, but you got to travel two miles so you don't know what's ahead. It's something like that was one of my favorite quotes I read by him. Yeah, he, I've, I've worked with him, uh, pretty closely. I was part of his faculty and stuff and he's, he's the real deal. Yeah. He's the real deal. Last question. We always ask everybody, what is your definition of generational wealth? Oh, I mean, well, that's pretty obvious, right? Generational wealth is, (laughs) I mean, really, does anybody have like a different definition of it? I mean, generational wealth is I'm long and gone. I'm, I'm the, I'm the Pocahontas for my family. I'm the George Washington in my family. You know, all these people out here are really out there talking about how I'm, I'm related to Napoleon Bonaparte. Really? Like, why don't you even know your great grandmother's name? Because she didn't create generational wealth. She didn't create generational impact. So for me, not only the income, but the impact that for generations and generations and generations and generations and generations, people are talking about me and what I've done for the world. And for our family, because I broke the generational curse of debt and of poverty. Now it's my job to create wealth so that nobody that is ever attached to my bloodline ever struggles the way I did. I love that. That was 
probably the best definition I've ever. That was good. That was very powerful. I mean, honestly, I, we have to end on that because it was like, bam, drop the mic, throw it down. Exit the stage to your right or the left. Oh, I love it. And ladies and gentlemen, the richest homeless person you'll ever meet. <laughs>